It's knockout time. Yes, the quarterfinals are here and things are about to get real, real quickly. Welcome to Nice Try. This is me, Elle, and... What do you do? Timothy Joshua Smith. We are here. We are recording about three seconds after <laughs> Jacques Ninava named the side. First of all, what was what was that about? I know that Razi said, oh, just purely tactical, saving it, you know, for the last possible minute. What kind of tactics, like, what, what does that mean? I think there could be many factors, you know, the fitness of certain players like Lucanio, and I think from what I've been reading and, um, you know, the theories being posited, the weather was something that they were really looking to get at least as close to possible confirmation mm. on conditions and I think that's that's a you know a vital importance uh, and it, I think it speaks to the sort of bench that we have um, and how they foresee the game developing so I think it was another had to apply for sort of lenience I think hmm. with world rugby and um, Obviously, France are also allowed. They to, get automatically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, there's a you know variety of factors, but mm. I think weather because uh, it, it had been raining mm. for most of the time, maybe that's something that okay. you know, was a strong consideration. And we'll get into that team right at the end of today's episode because that, of course, is also the last quarterfinal match to take place this weekend. Before we wrap up the pool stage and look ahead to those quarterfinals, we're going to switch things up a little bit by starting this episode with the building of our all-time greatest Springbok lineup. We are finally moving towards the back line. We've selected one through to eight and today we're looking at the generals, the number nines, the scrum halves. For me, this is personal. <laughs> My first ever favorite rugby player is US Van Westeizen. And, you know, we've mentioned this before, these selections, it's, it's difficult when you consider the eras that these players played in. Yeah. But I don't think that matters when it comes to US. What the hard ones, what the hard ones. <laughs> It's really difficult though because you know Eust he was he was the first rugby player whose name I knew and it was it was the first time that I paid attention to rugby and he was just remarkable tall lean which is not what you think of when you think of a scrum half yeah and he was really fast but he's also really strong and he tackled just ask Jonah Lomo <laughs> he could tackle he's also like the the top try scorer when it comes to that position as yeah. well so he was prolific and an, an opportunist <laughs> and just an all-round exceptional rugby player the next time i felt like okay we've got someone to compare to us <laughs> i mistakenly when Ruan Pinar came on the scene, I was like, oh, he looks similar. Yeah. Here we go. No, I was wrong. <laughs> but then came Fareed Dupree, who many can argue during his era, and I know Richie McCaw won player of the year every year around that time, and Dan Carter, but I do think that he was the best rugby player in the world when he was playing. There were there were definite seasons where, where he could... 
claim that even if it wasn't officially given to him yeah and and so i think the only one who comes close to uist is in my opinion uh farid dupree you know they both have world cups farid of course has the 2009 british and irish lions yeah and so yeah it's tricky but those are my candidates this week yeah before dupont (laughs) there was dupree (laughs) hey um (laughs) The original. Yeah, and I think, at least from my perspective, I've only known dominance mm-hmm. through Furi Dupree. Mm-hmm. They are different players. Mm-hmm. Furi is more of a, a game sort of manager general. Yeah, he's a thinker. Yeah, he's <laughs> seeing things sort of before the play develops uh-huh. and the consistency Oof. was on another level. Mm-hmm. Also, his accuracy, I think, <gasps> is something that's not really you know considered when you look at these careers that span over many years mm-hmm. because we just have this picture of him also the way he adapted his game now i know i'm giving a very strong case for me that would be my pick uh-huh. and then obviously a newer generation or the more recent generation you have to consider someone like faf oh my god <laughs> really in this in this co- <laughs> Compared to them? If we're just going by World Cup winners? I barely want to consider Fuff in this team. I think Fuff does a lot of Mm. underrated off-the-ball work, which might not come through in the stats particularly, Mm -hmm. but he is a vital cog of this machine. And if we're looking just by accolades, he's obviously been a beneficiary. We Mm -hmm. can say of a a strong team, but that could be the case for Furi Dupria at least, you know, as well, where we were having a dominant pack Mm. and we had candidates across the board uh, for World Player of the Year. And I think each one, you know, in their own way had a role to play and they were the best at that, I can say, for sure. And so just you know, up until Faf wins the second one, I would say the contention is between US and and Furiri Prima. Obviously, I said I, I'd be watching Korea start. Yeah, I was fairly, about yeah. to say, do you know who US Olympic Stadium is? That's giving away my age. That that was my first favorite. You just watched a lot of ESPN Classic. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yes, yes. Yeah, so my, my vote would be for Furi Dupree. Mm-hmm. I would not argue with you if you go U.S. I know U.S. has a, obviously, you know, that legacy element. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't have any qualms. I do think if someone you know, comes to me and says, well, what about Faf? I'd say it's a sort of 1A, 1B. All right. In terms of grading, U.S. then Furi mm-hmm. in 1A. And, and Faf, I'll say Faf probably doesn't have that iconic moment that you know US and Furi Dupree have or even something iconic that he does <laughs> in particular spinning shooting out the ball, of the line spinning the ball <laughs> spinning the ball um, and his hair he really has the most beautiful hair I mean it, uh, a knock against Puff is that you know people are, are more familiar with his underwear <laughs> when an iconic on the field moment but I, I think it's he, a different era <laughs> I think he has uh, contributed and so those are our picks we would of course as usual love to hear yours and after our last one people were people were going for Dwayne they were they were here for Dwayne he's definitely 
I don't think people can remember rugby before Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> Although we did we did get a get a vote for PSV as well, which was which was a nice surprise. I, but I think he's <laughs> got also one of the fastest mm. uh, hundred meter times, and I think yes. that's what people will. Yeah, yeah he played wing. Special. I'm not sure if it was primary school or high school, but he did have a yeah <laughs> a stint <laughs> over there. But of course, we would love to hear your views as well. Those are our picks for the all-time greatest scrum half in our Springbok collection. Not to, you know, we had to get that out of the way because it is crunch time. But before we go into these knockout stages and the quarterfinals, we're going to look back because to move forward, you have to look back and reflect. And the pool stages, it was interesting. I don't know. I think there were there were lots of good things to take out, lots of celebrations for the sport to take out. But we're going to chat about it uh, in a couple of categories. We're going to start with the best team. And this, you can use any criteria that you want. And I'm going to start because, I, you know, just so you can see how free this is. <laughs> because my best team is going to be Portugal. Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I'm so predictable. Okay, uh, just because it was a surprise package, of course that draw against Georgia, which was iconic. It was an almost win, but it was it was a draw, which was probably the match of that weekend, almost. And then the flying Fijians, they are my heart and soul, but I wasn't distraught <laughs> when they lost. Oh to Portugal it was such a lovely way to wrap up the pool stages because it was on paper an upset (laughs) Fiji still goes through so it was kind of like oh let's give the world what they needed yeah the upset the underdog this beloved passionate emotional team who I didn't realize because you know when you're a Springbok fan you take qualifying for granted Mm. but I didn't realize that Portugal kind of got in on a technicality with Spain having to drop out yeah and they snuck into the World Cup and this is how they perform and now people are calling for Italy to be replaced in the (laughs) Six Nations and have Portugal be put in there um, instead so yeah, they're going to be my team pick, and that's my reasoning. I see. Um, I could be a, like a homer mm-hmm. and take the spring box. <laughs> uh, but I'm mm-hmm. not going to. I think just in terms of that you went for, you know, feel good. Yeah, fairy tale. Fairy tale, yeah, definitely. You can um, go technical. I think Wales have really uh, surprised me. Okay. Uh, they've played some very structured yeah. rugby. Mm-hmm. And they somehow always are in the knockouts. Yeah. And, you know, considering what they experienced before, and I'm sure their fans are very, very encouraged and mm. potentially confident going into this knockout rounds. Um, there's not one team that I would say hands down Wales cannot give a, a good account of themselves against and I mean they had a very fortunate draw so the rugby that they've played has also been because you know you typically think it's just Gatlin ball and it's going to be very precise and mm-hmm. set pieces but I mean the game against Fiji I think was one of my favorite games yes 
they were swinging it around. I mean, too much of a uh, bigger chagrin. <laughs> I, and even the, the sort of camaraderie amongst the players, mm. there were many hugs given during the match, that mm-hmm. Fiji match. And I mean, that's probably Fiji rubbing off on them. Could be, yes. Or them recovering from bigger's <laughs> yeah, <they were laughs> tongue like, lashing. <laughs> Um, so I, I think for me they've been the most so under, underrated hmm. and um, surprise package. Lovely. They're doing really well on the things that matter. Yeah. And and so I'm I'm not going to to argue with you there. But what about the worst team? <laughs> and I had to include this especially for you, Timothy, because uh, I've I've got three. Oh, wow. Teams okay. that I think were the worst. And by the worst, I just mean, what on earth? Yeah. <laughs> and these are all teams that you, and if you listen back, and if you are a loyal listener, you know who I'm talking about. Because before the World Cup began, Timothy, you talked about how Australia might surprise <laughs> us. And then ahead of that first weekend, you said, you can't see past Argentina. <laughs> And then you talked about how Italy could bring us the upset that we needed. And Oof. so, based on the hope that you instilled, and then what we saw play out on the field, those are my three worst teams, and I blame you. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I think... I, I I would not disagree with those three. Mm-hmm. Although I'll give Argentina the benefit of the they doubt. They made it through. It they least. made it through. Yeah. So I'd I'd, I'd switch them out mm-hmm. for Samoa, <gasps> just because they were always in the match and they always kept you on a string, okay. and you know you were nibbling at the plate, mm-hmm. and it it just never ended off well. I mean this England yeah. game oh. to conclude. How? Yeah, I mean. It was sad, mm. and um, I will say, out of those three teams, you know, obviously Samoa had much less preparation, and so I would definitely give the top two. Number one, Australia, mm-hmm. shocking, mm-hmm. and I mean, hearing the murmurs coming out of the campus, not looking like there's any light <laughs> in this very dark tunnel, mm-hmm. and then Italy as well. To throw away so much momentum and the way they did it in particularly, I think that was very disappointing. And so I think those the one, one and two, yeah. I, I, I definitely agree with you. <laughs> of course, with all of these, we'd love your takes as well. Your opinions and thoughts are welcome here. You mentioned something earlier, and that's our our next bit, and that's your favorite match. Now, I have two because one I think was the best match and then the other was my favorite. And we have a common team. We have a a team (laughs) that we're sharing here for my favorite match. So I was thinking the Wales-Fiji match, but uh, Fiji lost. And the way that they lost in that last minute made me go, "Hmm." so I'm going to go Fiji-Australia because they had the similar energy and did their job, set pieces, structure, they played beautiful Fijian rugby, but then also ticked all the boxes and came away with the win. Yeah. And so that's going to be my favorite match. 
But then the best match has to go to Springboks Ireland Island. because it was just perfection. Yeah. And it was what we needed. It was kind of like in the middle of the pool stage as well. And we we're kind of going, mm, when is this going to come alive? And then there it was like, oh, what? This is an advertisement for rugby. And I know Ian Foster disagrees, but whatever. <laughs> um, that was, for me, a true testament to what you know rugby is. Even though both teams were holding back with reason, it was still just such a great match to watch. Yeah, I think the intensity of that match, it really felt like something more significant. Mm -hmm. And I guess we'll, we'll see you know, in later stages, should uh, these two teams meet again, how that, because now you have that sort of narrative following on. Yes. And I think it sets, uh, it's not just what was accomplished in that match, it's also what it potentially sets up. Mm -hmm. And so I think that for me was, like, people were physically tired <laughs> after watching the match. <laughs> Just because of, you know, the bruising encounters, <laughs> mm -hmm. the quality on display. Yeah. It was a, a complete, like you said, a complete match. It was yeah, what rugby, you don't need a lot of points. It's more about the intensity, the quality on display. I think that, that was definitely an advert, yeah. You mentioned that you liked the Wales-Fiji match as well. Yeah, well, the Wales-Fiji game for me was both teams sort of throwing out <laughs> any semblance of real game plan and you can quabble about you know the quality on display mm. but it was the approach to the game that I think was because that they, they could have just set up shop it was the first game mm -hmm. and so for them to come up with this sort of style and the way the ball was being played also, many occasions where the the yeats were yeah solid solid yes. yeah. <laughs> so you had a it was a different approach to the same thing. I am obviously biased with the spring box, and so that sort of is more significant yes. to me. But had I been a Fiji or Wales support, I'm sure that game would have had as much. You know, they were probably as exhausted as we were watching. Yeah, Ireland. and also what made that match special was. At that time, maybe some believed that Australia would win the pool, and so they were playing for second place. So yeah. it was quite significant. Yeah. <laughs> if only they knew. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, players. You can have a top three or a top five. It depends where you land. I've only got three. Okay. I've got something of each. Okay. Okay, so I've got Peter Steff. Yeah. Because... No, that's it. <laughs> it's Peter Steff. He's just, yeah, he's Next Peter Steff. Yes. <laughs> that's all. And then Bandiaki. Mm -hmm. Lots of talk about him, around him. And then added to that, this is kind of like a hyphenated or a compound. Bandiaki has these numbers. It's looking strong. Although, the comparison. Hey, <laughs> come on. Damien Dale, Andy. Yes. Is right in there. Yeah. With Baniaki, who is like touted as like the player of the pool Tournament. stages so far. So yeah. far. Yeah. And why I'm talking about him is because when he had the ball, and I know the first half was better for him against us, but when he has the ball, I'm fearful. Yeah. Is it threat? Yes. And so that's um, that's what I'm going on mm -hmm. in in those terms. But then also, Damien Dalendi is he's in there with him, and he's not even 
doing as much and yet he's doing as much. Yeah. So well done to him. And then I want to have a special mention for the captain of Portugal. Uh, Mike, Mike, is it Taja? Taja, yeah. yes. The form <laughs> he showed with that kick. Kick, wow. It was... It was a thing of beauty. And I know they're footballers, yeah. but they're, also, they're footballers, wow. Yeah. And also just, he's got a beautiful presence. And I imagine that him leading by example is what gave Portugal what they needed yeah. to do what they did and accomplish what they did during, during this World Cup. So those are my top three slash four yeah. players. I, I would agree with most of your choices. I would say for, from a South African perspective, substituting Peter Steff, I'd put Jesse Creel there. Okay. Just because I think that Ireland game would have been much uglier had, had he not, not made, I think, two vital tackles. Yeah. Obviously, he knocked the ball on the line. <laughs> <laughs> or he gave the pass. <laughs> you give and take. Yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> he was... I think one of the players that were involved in most of the, the fixtures mm. and performance-wise, like super consistent, does what he's need, like doesn't make mistakes. And so I think at least from that side, I would definitely uh, nominate him. Uh, I think the Uruguay also had a few few, few potential you know, nominees. Mm-hmm. I think the captain was... Yeah. Fantastic, and I think also uh, I'm not uh, stouty, stouty. Oh yeah, <laughs> Portugal's wing. <laughs> yeah, he he okay. looks like he might get Danger some. Man. Yeah, he might get some some opportunities, you know, yeah, in, hopefully on the higher level. And mm. so he also produced, like I said, Mike Tanger. <laughs> I mean, what one more can you say? He's like a legend now. Yes, I think there's there's been few players that have caught the eye that mm. you hopefully, hopefully will, will step up into the, the next level. And uh, yeah, I think you, your, your nominees are something that I definitely agree with. Fantastic. Well, that wraps up our look back. And now let's look ahead. Wales and Argentina. And like we mentioned earlier, Wales, the numbers... When it comes to set pieces and success rate, they actually have the best or the highest success rate for scrums. 98% of their scrums. They're getting it done. Yeah. So that's great for them, especially going up against Argentina, who can also be really physical and strong. But then what I didn't expect to see was that Argentina's ruck speed is the quickest. I would have I, thought I would, it would be Ireland. I also, but I, you know, these stats are obviously made up of the pool yeah. stages, so it's who they're playing against. So we have to bear that in mind when we're looking at their, their ratings so far. But yeah, yeah that, should, that should be an interesting match. I, I would love all the Southern Hemisphere teams mm. to win. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because each, each one of these, it's north-south. Yeah. Uh, so that would be an easy pick for me. Just go completely south. But I don't know about this one if this is one for us. Argentina are due a performance that we know they can, you know, accomplish and execute. But this Welsh team, mm. I, I would agree with you. Out of all the north south, I'd give Fiji more of a chance against Argentina, uh, <laughs> against England, uh, just because. 
whales have been they've been much better value mm-hmm. for you know their position i mean you could say the same thing about england but mm. i think whales have played a higher level of competition i mean they beat the darlings of the tournament they beat fiji beat australia convincingly mm-hmm. as well and so i think argentina would really need to produce one of the more memorable world cup performances and obviously they've got some bad news with Matera being out and that's a big miss because Wales, the Welsh do front up physically so yeah. that's going to be interesting to see that how that unfolds but, but yeah my, my pick would be for, for Wales. For player matchup, someone in the Welsh team who has also impressed me is their captain Jack Morgan. Again, a kicking, yeah. <laughs> a kicking forward. Kicking extraordinary. <laughs> He's been sensational and not he's doing what he needs to do but he's also again leading from the front he's yeah. he's uh, bringing them to order and then we have him up against the likes of Lavanini and then of course Marcus Kramer who is unpredictable like yeah. sometimes he's so solid he's such a threat and then not so much so that's why i'm putting him up against one of those two because you don't know who's gonna show up yeah. for the team on the day what do you make of that that competition i think obviously wales have their loss on their side with philatile being out but just on the basis of form morgan's being one of the star mm-hmm. forwards i would say that his work rate i mean it's been i don't think he's been subbed yet <laughs> I think when you have a Welsh sort of forward captain, you know, they've oh. always had that um, for, for quite some time. Yeah, it, it looks like, you know, the, he's really got the team motivated. And I think, yeah, I, don't, I think they should have the, the edge in that battle. Matera would have made it interesting, mm-hmm. but I think on the balance of things. Argentina, funny enough, also have some decent stats when it comes to... <laughs> Uh, meters game oh, yes. and kicking yes and line breaks <laughs> yeah and then you, you think i just think of that england game <laughs> don't think of it yeah and then I, I get disappointed yeah. so if argentina pitch up it's yeah. going to be an amazing game but i think the walsh with the experience as well mm-hmm. argentina it's a relatively you know they have experience in certain pockets but their backline is fairly inexperienced mm-hmm. uh so it I think that's going to, to play in all the worlds as forever. And they've got British and Irish Lions in there, so... Next, New Zealand, Ireland. This is... I know, I know ours is going to be tough, but I think this one might be even tougher. Just because New Zealand, they haven't really been tested yet, this World Cup. Other than the French match, where that was just weird. If anyone can stop this Irish team, it's the New Zealand team that we know they can be. They're not them, but yeah. we know that it's in there somewhere. Yeah. I mean, looking at both teams, I think New Zealand have put out a very strong lineup. Ireland, you know, same old, same old. So we're going to see what the ramifications of playing a consistent 15. Especially in the knockouts, what that's going to look like. So obviously New Zealand were able to rotate, and New Zealand have a chip on their shoulder. It's a serious defeat that they would want to avenge. Ireland are obviously looking to make history. From that perspective, it's got a very interesting narrative, much deeper than just I think what we're going to see in terms of quality on the field. It's going to be 
a epic battle and like you said either it can go either side i think the favorites would obviously be ireland but if new zealand show <laughs> up who, who really can stop them yeah my my matchup for this one is your fave johnny sexton versus richie mwanga i adore richie mwanga yeah <laughs> in this weird almost average new zealand team he's he shines so brightly <laughs> and then yeah there's Johnny Sexton um <laughs> what what's that battle gonna be like because yes we're not hoping for just penalties because also Ireland they're so well disciplined that they're not giving away lots of penalties yeah but that's not all that Richie brings yeah yeah it's gonna be interesting Sexton is you know as much as I Ruddy's biggest fan, you have to recognize his accomplishment and his quality and his durability for some strange reason has been remarkable because you know it's always used to be a case of in- injury or but he seems to be in very good form and Moanga it, it's always it's always gonna start up front. Whoever's got the better platform to deal from, that fly-off is going to shine. I will say, for Moanga's side of things, he obviously has that X factor, mm-hmm. that pace in particular, and that that that's something that Ireland need to consider. I think it's going to be tight. Mm. Um, it's going to be it's fought in the trenches, and I think they're missing Kaylin Doris, which is for their arc in particular, is something that's quite important. So we'll see how they adjust. I'm sure management have seen this coming. So, you know, Sexton, Huanga, I'd give it to, to Sexton just because oh. of the team around him. Okay. On the individual level, you know. <laughs> no, it's not even. <laughs> <laughs> no. Knockouts can come down to just a moment of individual brilliance. Yeah. But, oh, this one, yeah. This one's going to be... I'm so glad I don't support either of these teams because mm. I don't think my heart would would make it through. Now, where my heart will be, though, England, Fiji. These two teams crawled into the knockout stages and so different. England decided this is how we're going to play in this World Cup and it doesn't matter what you do, we're sticking to it. And they're just like doing their thing, yeah. which is awful, but <laughs> at the same time, it got them to the knockouts. Then you go Fiji. We're playing against Wales, and we're going to play the most exquisite rugby ever. And we're going to be structured, and we're going to do our job, and we're going to do everything right. And now we're playing Australia. No one's expecting anything, but look at us. We're toppling them. And then they play Georgia. And at the last minute, it's like, oh my word, are we going to lose? What are we doing? (laughs) And then Portugal, oh, well, we just need one point to get through. So I guess that's that. Yeah. (laughs) It's so inconsistent. And then the other one, who's chosen their line and that's what they're sticking to. What's going to happen in that match? We have a ins- we have some insight to what could potentially unfold, and I wouldn't mind it if it is sort of this humbling, uh, cancelling event. No, that's similar to the game in- at Twickenham early in the year. 
England, I actually thought they had some structure, mm-hmm. but obviously with the captain returning, I really feel like a spender has been thrown in the works, and I think that could be the undoing. Um, I know they've gone with Marcus Smith yeah, at fullback. Fullback's a very specialized position. I mean, I know with the Springboks, people were talking about, oh, we can play this person at fullback. And That's different. Yeah, it's, there's a reason why we've only had two sort of mm. starting fullbacks because it's not something that you can come in and out of. And if that is to accommodate you know, other players in the team when they had a well-oiled machine, I think they might come to regret that. Because Fiji is a team that can take advantage of you know lapses in the background mm-hmm. and Marcus Smith is a talented player but I'm not sure he's the answer for you know, Freddie Stewart is a big bodied good mm-hmm. under the high ball that's what I thought you would want under the high ball especially if, you know this person's running at you exactly so Fiji definitely have a shot unfortunately they've come under a few nickels with a few players but hopefully you know they can s- get past this I mean that would be amazing for them Ooh. but I'm not sure they are licking their lips <laughs> to potentially play France or South Africa so <laughs> it's unfortunate but I think they need to play it as every game is a final and um, they date within a complete shot I do think England should be favoured mm. because I think England have been there they've done it there's most of their players from 2019 so I just think that you know, the squad selection could be something that Fiji could get some joy. And for this matchup, Josh Turisova and Manu Tuilagi, uh, strength versus strength. Cement <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> war versus cement. Calves yeah. versus calves. Yeah. Uh, that should be great to see, actually. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you know where you see that those impacts where the I'm not sure if it's ready, but if it is, you'll see the water reverberate with yeah. the bodies um, as these two titans collide. Yeah, that will be one of many interesting uh, matchups. I know Fiji have been consistent with their set pieces as well. So the forwards might also have a few intriguing battles. Mm. For Fiji, Fiji have got some big boys up front, but okay. their work rate is very admirable. Yes, and their conditioning. Yeah, so. It's going to be interesting to see how, how it plays out. Obviously, the looser the game, you would mm. assume that it would favour Fiji. But Marcus Smith is someone that also thrives in those conditions. So, England should, and he has me tying again, you know. No, go for uh, it. Say it. Say it. England should win. <laughs> you can't see past them, hey? Yeah. <laughs> okay, there it is. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, they might be my disappointments of the knockout stages. Oh. Yeah, okay. if... Fiji, I'm hoping Fiji because it might be a case where Fiji is playing down to opposition. Mm-hmm. So I hopefully, think that's what happened. Yeah, yeah I think so that's hopefully what happened. they, they, and I, they've got a good referee as well. Uh, I guess we'll talk about that if we mm. so inclined. But yeah, it, it should be a, a wonderful spectacle. Mm. Finally, we're getting into the last match and the most important match: reigning champions versus. The hosts, the Springboks versus Le Blues. So the team was announced today. Any surprises? The, the five, five, three split. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Yo, like the, how traditional? Is it bodily correct though? <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be stopped. 
So Corvus Rainer, I'm just gonna, <laughs> let's just dive right in. Corvus Rainer, that was a surprise for me, but maybe just me. Maybe they are listening to the show and they thought, let's give them another nine to possibly consider. Oh. Obviously I'm joking, but <laughs> yeah, this was a surprise. Someone said usually the Springboks don't play people that are in the press conference and Corbus was in the press conference. So there were some rumors that he was starting. I thought he would probably just be on the bench. Uh, 7-1, you know, keep yeah, it going. Yeah. But uh, you know, Jacques and Rassi have decided to go with Corbus. Is it an indication of a very open attacking play? Because it's Corbus, it's Marnie, you've got Damien instead of Vili. And I think maybe they're going... Let's take our chances. What is it? Gunslinging in yes. the first half. And then if that doesn't go as planned, then we go Fuff, Pollard, LaRue, second half and tighten things up. Oh, we put on this big score in the first half with the gunslingers and then tighten it with that backline bomb squad in the second half. Like park the bus, Chelsea style. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is where you realise... We know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm sure if you had to, you know, be reading the blogs and the Twitter spheres and mm. the vlogs, this 5-3 was definitely not a consideration. 6-2 at most. Yeah. Because we are a forward dominant yeah. team. So we'll use that to flex. And have the cards been so close <laughs> to the chest that we are going to unleash a festival of attacking <laughs> rugby. Because that's that's what this lineup is showing mm-hmm. me. It's speed all over the oh, place. Yes. It's skill, mm-hmm. it's the quickness. Yes. There's a, I think a user coach in mm. the sort of SA rugby spheres. Spheres, yeah. He's not, I think he's under eighteen or performance irrespective. Katlejo Lynch mm. was giving a breakdown of France's defense mm-hmm. and how they arrange their, their back line, especially from lineouts and the like. And he was pointing out that there's a lot of space in the middle. <gasps> yeah, so they'll have one winger close to the, the lineout and one very far out. Uh-huh. And so he was saying that's space that, you know, the swing box might be able to exploit. And Damien. So <laughs> Damien, you know, your Jesse Creels as mm. well. And so it might be something that, you know, the swing box team have picked up on. Also, Jalibé not being a great defender, he's an admirable defender, but going up against the likes of your speedsters and your steppers that we have, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be interesting. It's not something that I would have gone for. I would have gone for Trad and Tresset, but we, we know that Jacques and Rassi don't do things haphazardly. Yes. And now, considering why we waited, it is something you can see there's an element of surprise. Yes. Because I don't think. Galfie is like, he's throwing papers around the office now and empty water bottles and yeah, the script kind of has like, been what torn. is this? Yes. Yeah. I'm really excited. This adds <laughs> another element. Yes. Not just to see how we play, but just to see what is the thinking behind <laughs> this. How is this going to play mm. out? For my money, I would have started Paula just because we're not sure of his fitness. So if we do get an injury to Mani early on, how does that influence things? There's all these, you know, permutations. Uh, and I see them have played their show their hand. And this is it. I think I'm not nervous in the sense that, oh, you know, I'm just interested. It's really piqued my interest. Okay. 
Well, we had a listener send a question regarding us playing the hosts. What should our mindset be playing against the home team and having the crowd against you? I think you'd want to take the crowd out of it. So a Springboks game is based on defense, mm-hmm. typically. Now, one way to counter that, one way to quiet the crowd down is just to keep the ball. <laughs> simple. <laughs> simple. It's not simple, but <laughs> it, that's the one way yes. that you can definitely get it done. Also, you know, amount of pressure that we can put on them, that's another way. So I think if we are going to potentially strike early, mm-hmm. like you said, set up the, the buffer and then you're playing into our hands. So that might be the thinking going behind it. But mindset-wise, we just have to take it as any other game mm-hmm. to an extent. Not that we're not aware of the context because the crowd might play into refereeing decisions. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy that we actually got Ben O'Keefe. Um, he's not one that is subject to you know, the pressures of the crowd. He refereed the, and the British oh. and Irish oh, Lions. Yes. So he's got familiarity. And I'm sure I see them have work out his tendencies mm-hmm. what he what he what is more lenient on and what, what he is sees as a more <laughs> yeah we will definitely have that ball <laughs> present and available and you know mm-hmm. visible this is now the culmination of many years of planning so yes. i'm sure they've known when they saw the groups these are possible options i know yeah. they were planning for three teams i think that was like this is a feather in <laughs> italy or uruguay's camp there these people have been preparing for yeah. this for close to eight years now so obviously the benefit i know Jacques mentioned when they released the team that most of the squad have played in 2019 yes yeah, so they so. know quarterfinal against a host exactly japan uh, we we were under that pressure mm-hmm. And we came through it. Obviously, there's a different level of quality, but in terms of just the, the atmosphere, it's not something that they haven't come up against. Yes. We have a question. How do you think we will be able to stop standout French players like Dupont? Well, we'll, we'll see what Dupont arrives. I know he's wearing a scrum cap from the clubs that I've seen. No, he's... Yeah, I'm not sure why he's wearing a scrum cap, but he's wearing one. <laughs> uh, the danger players, obviously, Dupont, your timetees, your outreats. They are going to be a handful. But there's, there's a similar question can be posed on the opposite side. What are side. you going to do about Kurtley exactly. and Willem Sir and Dale Andy and Peter Stiff? Yeah, <laughs> I think we have our... And Quacha, no. <laughs> when he hey. comes on, take me off, coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the, the Springboks, you know, in our last 10, I think we've won eight against them. Sure. So, you know, France should not be feeling themselves. We They won a very close game. Mm-hmm against us in Paris and I think that left more questions than answers for them if they consider that and this is our culmination now so I think the Springboks have all the right to go in with much confidence France as well they've Mm -hmm. been playing some really great rugby but I think France they are a few players short and we'll we'll see if they go into their typical French sort of meltdown you know to point early hit legit hit please and we'll see how they react. Obviously, mm. whoever does make that tackle is going to have. Thank no. you, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> the whole of France on them. We had another question, but it was kind of answered. It was the fly half debate. And you've answered that by saying that you would have maybe gone the other way around with Andre first, checking his fitness and so on. But then, looking at the hookers. 
because of course Andre came into the team setup because of a hooker injury Malcolm Marks who we miss we continue to miss yeah. uh, because he's just he, he's Malcolm Marks but the French hooker Movaka mm. he's done really well and his numbers for the pool stage he's made more than 20 carries and tackles and he's also assisted two tries and then gained 130 running meters mm. which is you know, yeah no nice he's for a hooker <laughs> what about that matchup more so than you know looking at the flyers because of course we have bongi who's who's wonderful and then yeah. dion on the bench i mean i, I think Franz sort of stumbled into a fortune there with uh, the injury in the first match and then Bobaka came on and basically played himself into the score of <laughs> final starting spot. I think Bongi is also at I know Bongi is at the most dominant tackles at mm-hmm. Hooker and so Bongi's obviously been there done that as well. He played Malcolm out of the position <laughs> in the last World Cup and he's got sort of a bigger responsibility on him now. Mm. being the vice captain and i think we might see obviously with this the pitch but we are going to see more 80 minute performances from our forwards mm. so it'll be interesting to see Wendy on for or if that's the other thing is the referee could fill in at flank so there's that option yeah because we only have Archia and Kocha on the yeah. bench so it's a potential that we see 80 out of Bongi hmm. i would not be surprised Bongi is as fit as a fiddle oh yeah so it's, it's not a concern of you know having the legs can he yeah it's, yeah that might be a silent that's sort of sleight of hand but i see oh so that was a shock I was where's Trevor? I uh, yeah, I was surprised to not see Trevor there, but um like Ras Kochi so for me they're very interchangeable. Obviously the the boon with Trevor is his ability to be both sides of the scrum, mm-hmm. but we've seen against Tonga Ox has <laughs> 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 taken up the mantle as yes, well. So he's he's one of my my top Springboks of the of the pool stage as well he's done. Yeah. Amazingly. So that's the lineup. That's those are the surprises. Those are the matchups. It's going to be wild, but it's going to be fantastic. I'm once again hoping that rugby wins this weekend, that we see lots of beautiful rugby being played, not a lot of injuries, not a lot of cards and and that we are we are treated because we've been we've been waiting for this feast for a while and sure the pool stages it it had its moments uh, to wet our appetite and and give us a little a few morsels but this is what we've been waiting for and and this is this is where it, it gets real we would love to hear from you as you're watching as you're listening share your takes on anything that we've discussed today or anything you hope we will discuss timothy final words two world cups potentially looking forward to it there you go well <laughs> until next time this is nice try for the fans thank you so much for listening right <laughs>